Hi, and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we are discussing stories about immigrants and refugees. And Anne, would you like to share the uh, inspiration for this topic? Oh, well... It's just very much on our minds yeah. right now um, and has been for several years. Um, immigrant um, immigration in the in the U.S. Uh, is a, a um, constant topic that we're, we're discussing in the news and and everyone's feelings about that and refugee status. Um, and then um, I've been going to to various fundraisers and things for the last few years in Nashville for for uh, immigrant groups and and so it's something I think about and then with the situation in Ukraine um, it's even more on my mm-hmm. mind and so we had kind of talked about doing um, Ukrainian stories mm-hmm. but but we have both of us haven't read mm-hmm. very many of those yeah. and, and we, it didn't it didn't seem feasible to to put together in time and so we we altered it to uh, immigrant and refugee stories yes. which there are many to choose from and, mm-hmm. and many um, beautiful and terrible stories to learn mm-hmm, about. So mm-hmm. we thought it could be a, a nice thing to um, cast some light on. As I was looking through the books that I have read to pick what I wanted to talk about today, uh, I had quite a few choices. I, I didn't, yeah. know, I mean, I think it's it's uh, lot rich storytelling fodder for um, right. immigration and refugees. So like that story of, and so I, but I, I guess I had never really put it together and thought about how many books that I had read, but I had quite, read quite a few. I had many, I could have swapped out. So, you know, we each choose three. I could have swapped out all three of mine for three other ones that I would have yeah. felt just as strongly about talking about. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that um, they tend to be hard stories to read, but important stories to read usually, or right. you know, a little bit sad, um, but I don't know. I, I learn about the world through reading always. So this is a way that I, I try to understand experiences that I have not had. And this is right. this is a way that, um, you know, I put the news that we hear into context kind of for me is through through novels. So yes, I'm glad exactly. you suggested this as a topic. Yay. All right. I, I purposely picked one book that was not harrowing because I, I do agree that, <laughs> yeah. that that tends to be the the um the tone of most of these and i and i i wanted to pick one where it's uh kind of a different take but still is getting at some really deep issues but but isn't isn't quite with that same mentality well and it's interesting because i did not plan this in any way but the book that i'm going to talk about for the what i'm reading this week also has an element of an immigrant story to it and it is not there there is um it's it's a small piece of the story, so it's uh, when I I'll talk about it when I talk about the story. But yeah, there was there's more there was more of a balance. I actually considered talking about it within the three of our main topic, but I thought, uh-huh. well, no, I'll I'll talk about it for the what I'm reading this week um, yeah. because it wasn't the main part. So all right, why don't you go ahead with your first one? Okay, uh, my first book is How the Garcia Girls Lost Their Accents by Julia Alvarez, and this is an interconnected uh, set of short stories and they're semi-autobiographical and the book tells the story of the Garcia family in reverse so it starts in the late 1980s in New York City and it moves backward to 1956 in in the Dominican Republic and the book mostly focuses on the third daughter Yolanda who is the the basically the stand-in for the author 
so the book uh, starts out with the family as adults and the sisters are struggling with their romantic relationships and finding their place in the family with their own um, adult identities versus their their childhood identities but there are hints in the stories of this past that that becomes more fleshed out as you read so you find that you find out that the family was forced to to move to the united states after their father was part of an uprising against the uh dictator trujillo i think is or trujillo i guess would be mm-hmm. uh, how you pronounce his name um and i wasn't familiar with him at all so so i read up a little bit about him but um but that took that that uh, event took place in 1956. So they came from a world of privilege and it was full of their extended family and lots of prosperity. And when they get to the United States, everything is different and, and they're living a, a really drastically different life. And so the sisters are, are doing their best to assimilate into the United States as sort of typical American teenagers, but um, they're also testing the boundaries of their very traditional upbringing. So you can imagine mm-hmm. sort of the tension mm-hmm. that comes from that. So, so the stories are really about finding your identity when you're split between between these two worlds and dealing with the memories of the past. And so, the the structure really sort of highlights that that element of the past coming into play in in these uh, people's lives. So, uh, Julia Alvarez had kind of a similar background. Um, but sort of in reverse because she was actually born in the United States after her her family immigrated and then they ended up returning to the the Dominican Republic after living in the United States for a few months so she she lived it but mm-hmm. not <laughs> so it's it's a, an interesting um an interesting way of writing her own story i think mm-hmm. um i've gone on the record was saying that I don't enjoy magical realism. Yes. And this uh, is part of this this book. Mm-hmm. Some of the stories are very straightforward, but some of them have this, this magical realism um, undercurrent in them. And I liked in this one, I, I thought it really worked for me because it gives a lot of ambiguity to the, to the stories and sort of this uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And that is really reflecting what the sisters are going through emotionally. So, so I thought that, I mean, I know that that's the case with all magical realism, that it's it's informing the book in ways besides just like a, a choice of, mm-hmm. of what the writer wants to write uh, or wants their style to be. Um, it usually just is not my favorite thing to read, but I really thought it worked here. Um, so, yeah, it was it was um, it's a really beautiful book. It's I know it's considered a modern classic mm-hmm. and it's part of the um, the literary canon mm-hmm. at this point. And so. Uh, that I think makes it worthy of reading. And that is the How the Garcia Girls Lost Their Accents by Julia Alvarez. Uh, well, it's funny because my first one has some magical realism in it too. <laughs> we did what? not. Yeah, that's a coincidence. So my first one is Exit West by Mohsen Hamid. And this is about a young couple who meet in an unnamed city, um, but there's clearly unrest happening in the city. And when they meet, they fall for each other very quickly and intensely and so they kind of hole up in an apartment and they spend all their time together and they fall in love but then they realize that it's getting to be a dangerous situation in their city and they need to flee and so uh the the magical realism part of this book comes in because in this book there are these literal doorways that you can go through and when you walk through them you are in another place by walking, you know, when you're on the other side of the door, it's an entirely new place. Um, and so as they get spit out in each new location, because they have to keep moving as refugees, they have to keep moving around. And 
there's all this uh, disorientation and, you know, feeling unsettled in every new place as they keep as they keep trying to move. And the only people they have are the other one. And so they try to survive and it becomes clear that um, they're kind of clinging to their relationship because that's the only stability that they have in their lives. Um, but there's also this sense that, that maybe their relationship isn't going to last or carry them through, but that, you know, that's part of what the story is trying to figure out as they're going along, like how much of it is because their life has been so disrupted and how much of it is because it was just a more of a short-term thing than a long-term thing. So I am not a magical realism person either, um, but the emotions and the situations that the characters are in in this book feel so very real and feel uh, so visceral the, that the magical realism kind of con- helps to contribute to heightening all of that, I would say. Um, and especially that disorientation element that I mentioned, like that, that symbolism of like, you are so abruptly thrown into a whole new environment and having to figure out what's going on. It is, I don't think that that would have worked quite the same way without that element of that instantaneous, you know, walk through a door and you're in a new location. So it, it yeah. really worked for me in this book, um, even though in general I, I kind of shy away from magical realism. Um, and I know this book has been really popular in the last few years, so I'm guessing that some of our listeners have already read it. But if you have not, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's, I think, a very uh, current, like it, it speaks to the current state of being a refugee um and that is exit west by mosin hamid am i making up that there's a movie either made or coming out about that uh now that you're saying that i feel like the answer is yes but i don't know anything beyond that Uh, as you talk about your next book i will look it up okay sounds good okay the next book is salt to the sea by ruta sapetis and this is a World War II refugee story that culminates in the sinking of the Wilhelm Gustloff, which is actually the biggest maritime disaster in history, but it is usually um, overlooked by more famous disasters like the Titanic and the Lusitania. But over nine, how many? Nine and a half thousand people died, mm-hmm. I think. It, it's, it's just insane so how many people died in this. Yeah. Um, so the book centers around four young adults. This is actually a, a YA book, but um, I can't remember if everyone is actually a teenager or if they're just early 20s. Um, so there, there are four characters whose stories converge. So the first is Joanna, and she is a Lithuanian girl who meets up with a young man from Prussia named Florian, and he is fleeing the Nazis, and he has some secrets that he's he's trying to keep hidden. And they come upon a young woman from Poland named Amelia who's pregnant. And all three of them are trying to get ahead of the Russian advance to the West um, during World War II. So they find out about a German transport ship that is evacuating civilians in the Baltic region. And they make their way to the ship. And there they cross paths with the fourth uh, main character named Albert, who is a young Nazi officer. And he thinks very highly of himself. Uh, he has no power, but he thinks that he is going to be um, a very, very glorious figure in yeah. in the course of the war. And um, so he is working on the Wilhelm Gustloff. And so so all four of these characters are going to to 
uh, come together in in dramatic ways. Uh, the ship itself was grossly overcrowded. It was meant for under 2,000 people, but had over 10,000 people on board. And we know what happens. It, the ship was torpedoed by um, a Soviet submarine on the night of January 30th, 1945, and it sank in about an hour. And um, the the drama of the book, besides just this terrible event, is seeing the way these these characters handle that and mm-hmm. seeing how they get to the to that point in the first place and um, the way they all their their stories all impact each other, and that really brings this this human element and perspective to something that really is unimaginable to us mm-hmm. because it's I mean you can see as many um, you can watch Titanic you can watch mm-hmm. all kinds mm-hmm. of things that are depictions of these things but it it's really unimaginable these these kinds of stories mm-hmm. um, I read this several several years ago and I still remember very specific elements from this book which isn't really common for me I, I tend to just remember sort of general um, impressions of, of books after I finish them but this one has really really stuck with me it's not easy to read mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. um, but it's very powerful um, Rupa, uh, sorry, Ruta Sepedi's always, I think, from the books of hers that I've read, always writes things that are really impactful mm-hmm. and um, just very, um, leave really strong impressions on you. Mm-hmm. And and I like that she generally shines light on things that are lesser known stories mm-hmm. of, of very famous events. Mm-hmm. So um, this is one I would I would really strongly recommend, and that is Salt to the Sea by Ruta Sepetis. I loved that book. I loved that book. And I think that you sort of referred to this a little bit in the beginning of your description, but this is very much a book that would appeal to adults. Like even though it's oh, marketed yes. for young adults, it's it's may as well be in the adult section of a bookstore or a library. Like yeah. it's, it's fantastic. And the characters don't, feel like young or um their storylines right. i don't know just everything about it it's just um yeah it's a it's an excellent book and with a lot of impact like you said and um i would recommend that i co and fairly graphic too yeah yeah, yeah just maybe yeah. as a warning yeah it's, it, she doesn't she doesn't, she doesn't play around that. with yeah. it yeah it, yeah it's really good but it's interesting to me because well, we could get into a whole other story about, but like, because, uh, you know, mar- it's all marketing, right? About who an audience for a book is like determined to be. Um, right. And I think because her characters are typically teenagers, she's considered a teen author. But every book I've read by her truly like rivals any adult historical fiction that I've read. It's just the characters yeah, are. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So um, anyway. Highly recommend that one as well. Okay. Uh, my next one is The Other Americans by Layla Lalami. And this book, I feel like, just flew under the radar. I was looking up uh, reviews and things to, to make my notes. And I saw that the the author is a prize-winning author. And, um, but yet, I, don't, I had never heard of her before this book, which maybe is my own oversight. Um, and this book was brought to my attention because of the committee that you and I were both on, although it was in a year prior to your joining. Um, and otherwise, like, I never would have learned of it. I, like, I just one of those books that I feel like didn't get a whole lot of attention. And I wish it had gotten more um, because I think it's it was a really excellent book. It's about um, a, a man, a Moroccan man is killed in a hit and run accident and his daughter comes home to California to help 
deal with the funeral arrangements. And when she comes home, um, it's not like she's trying to investigate anything. It's just in talking to people, she realizes that the hit and run may not have been an accident and it may have been directed at her father as a, as a hate crime, basically, because he was an immigrant. And so it, it's kind of like a literary mystery because she does end up, there is an investigation element um, once this is all laid out that it maybe was not an accident and you're trying to figure out who who the culprit was and, and why and all those things. But it's definitely on the literary end of things and that it's very character driven. It's there are I think nine different perspectives that are represented in different chapters. And so you're getting the perspective of the daughter that comes home, that you're getting the perspective of her mother, you're getting this perspective of uh, her brother, I believe, of a police detective, and they are all feeling like outsiders in some way. And so the book just really weaves it all together so that it's a really solid mystery. Like it's a really good mystery, I thought. But all of those different perspectives just shed such light on what it feels like to be an immigrant or, you know, have a skin color that's not white is prevalent across all of the different characters. So um, it's, it's, I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was extremely well-written. And I thought that even though it's it's sad because, I mean, it starts with a death and it's about a family's grieving that loss and how they are coming to terms with it and where they go from there, um, it's it's a good mystery, too. And it's a, you know, it's just a really, really good story. Like, it, it was just an excellent story. So that is The Other Americans by Leila Lalami. I've had that on my list. I, I, used, to, um, I used to maintain a... Uh, uh, immigrant and refugee story fiction mm-hmm. list at work, mm-hmm. and um, and I remember when I was researching that, mm-hmm. finding that one and thinking it sounded really interesting yeah. because of the the um, we both enjoy mysteries yeah. that have more depth yeah, to them right. and, and kind of some heft, and right. so I thought that that sounded like a really interesting combination. Yeah, it, it is. It, it reminds me of something like um, Liz Moore is somebody who I really like her her novels and she wrote uh oh the name is escaping me right now anyway um but yeah there's just it's it's definitely the mystery element is there for sure um but I think even if you don't usually read mysteries but you like character driven stories uh that you'd like it and I did look up Exit West it is in pre-production but there is um a director attached and uh uh like actor as well so oh cool yeah I'm sure I will read the book just before the the movie comes out. That's funny because I almost pulled Pachinko off my shelf this afternoon. Like, is it time to read it now that the show <laughs> dropped today? We have such good intentions, and then it, and then once the the movie comes out, it's like, oh, I better get on oh, that. No. There's just so many books to read. There's just know, so many books to read. All right, what's your last one? Um, my last one's a little bit um, unusual. It's The Chosen and the Beautiful by Nevo, and um, I wouldn't necessarily think of this as an immigrant book when when I'm thinking of this book um, generally, but I think that immigration is an important element to the story, and so I want to include it also because it isn't uh, it isn't like a journey story. It's it's very glittering, so I thought that was a fun uh, difference to to this one mm-hmm. too. Um, I know I've previewed it before, and as I was writing my notes, mm-hmm. I got scared that I had actually talked about <laughs> it in depth. <laughs> 
I confess that I'm behind on our uh, <laughs> our archive of what we've talked about. So I don't know if I have, but I'm sorry if I have. Um, we'll deal with that later. <laughs> I Okay, so I'm going to say, I feel like you have, but if... I don't know. You would know better than I would. I definitely talked about it on a preview okay. episode. All right. That's probably like for sure, for sure that, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We're just, just talk about making it. Making all this. Yeah. <laughs> so from some time in the past, I've talked about this. So you will know already that this is a fantasy retelling of the great Gatsby. And it's told from the perspective of Jordan Baker, who is the, the golf, um, pro who is daisy buchanan's friend in the in the book and um so in this book she sees the entire doomed affair between daisy and gatsby play out um as she's sort of involved with with nick and and other people but this this gives much more pointed insight into the glittering world of of gatsby and mm-hmm. 1920s new york both because it has this fantasy element that sort of heightens everything mm-hmm. to to uh points that we didn't like kind of beyond what we even see in in the original mm-hmm. um but also because jordan is an outsider and she's always held at arm's length because she was adopted as a child from vietnam mm-hmm. and she finds out through the course of the book that her history isn't quite what she was led to believe um from from uh her mother mm-hmm. and i picked this book for this because i think that this touches on an important concept uh, in immigration which is the erasure of an immigrant's cultural cultural identity um in this book, Jordan really has no identity or has no connection to her past. Mm -hmm. And she's told by lots of characters that doesn't matter, but she knows that it does because she's treated as this sort of exotic figure in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so she's not allowed to claim her background, but, um, but it's always there to be a detriment to her without the benefits that it should be to her. Mm -hmm. And um, she can't really make it a part of her. And that's ridiculous that she, she isn't allowed that power and so it made me think a lot about the book um, Little Fires Everywhere mm-hmm. because there's a, a character um, or, or one of the elements to that book is a baby who has been adopted from China mm-hmm. by a very well-meaning mm-hmm. white couple mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but make terrible decisions mm-hmm. in the ways that they honor her heritage. And it's basically all stereotypes. So um, I just I thought that was a really uh, fascinating take to this story. And um I, I felt like Jordan's story in the book isn't so much a retelling as as uh, for for the parts that that involve Daisy and Gatsby as her finding her own identity and claiming it and mm. refusing to be told that it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, so in many ways I love this book. I, this was one of my favorites of last year, and it the writing is gorgeous. We've we've talked about Nevo books in the past, and she's just an incredible writer. And this had a lot of um, a lot more depth than I was expecting and a lot of, of layers that, that I found really insightful. So that is The Chosen and the Beautiful by Nevo. Yeah, I still have that. I'm pretty sure I kept that from last year because you liked it so much. And so at some point, I will get to it. Probably yeah, I hope you out. like it too. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Know, right? I would love this movie. <laughs> All right. My last one is The Book of Unknown Americans by Christina Enriquez. And this is about a family who moves from Mexico to the U.S. uh, for a very specific reason. So they have a very good life in Mexico. They're happy. They have pretty successful jobs. They're perfectly happy. Uh, But their daughter has 
an accident. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but she ends up with a traumatic brain injury. And so they come to the U.S. to enroll her in a special school um, where they're hoping that um, she'll make improvements. I think she doesn't talk. And so um, they're hoping that this school will really provide the opportunity for her to start healing and getting better. And so... um, they feel pretty isolated because they don't they don't know anybody and they're moving to Maryland um, for the sole one reason and so they are having to build their life from scratch uh, and they are surrounded by other people in their apartment building who are also mostly from Central and Latin American countries and so what the book does really really well I think is there's a main story which I'll, I'll share about in a second um, but then there is also it's almost like an oral history that all these different f- people that live in the building share their stories throughout the book and so you're getting this tapestry of immigration stories and immigrant stories and um, it becomes clear that the American dream is uh, not the like glittery perfect thing that I think a lot of people like to think it is Um, and there's so much hardship and they are um, unseen like they're they're you know people like don't want to recognize um, even that they exist basically because they have really hard lives that they're trying to um, you know, come into this new country and and form new lives for themselves. So I really liked that part of it, uh, especially. Um, but then there's the main story, which is um, a good story, too. I don't mean to take anything away from that. But it's about, so Maribel is the daughter who has had this traumatic brain injury. And she's beautiful. A, a boy who is, I think, their next door neighbor, one of their neighbors, is immediately kind of taken with her. And he has this reputation of being kind of a troublemaker. And um, and so the families immediately are very suspicious kind of of this um, relationship that that's kind of immediately forms between this boy and Maribel. And it's actually a very sweet relationship that they have. What you see is that he seems to understand her in a way that nobody else does. And that even though... Uh, she has this brain injury. She has difficult commu- difficulty communicating. He understands her, and so she can. Commu- he's the one person she can communicate with, um, and so it's actually a very sweet relationship that they have. Uh, it's just misunderstood by their family. So it's almost like a Romeo and Juliet thing that like their families don't want them to be together um, for various reasons. The the boy's father is awful and kind of abusive, and um, and so there's all this other stuff going on, but they just don't, like the families don't get along and they don't want them to be together. Um, and so, it, and so I don't want to say how it ends and give anything away, but like that's, <laughs> that's the main like focus of the story, I would say. But again, there are all these other stories woven in throughout the novel that make it into, like if I just said it was about this teenage couple kind of thing you would maybe dismiss it I think but um there's so much about it that's very powerful um and and really kind of shows the hardship that people have to endure um and what they do for a better life for themselves or their children or whatever it might be and so that is the book of unknown Americans by Christina Enriquez I've had that on my list too it's it sounds really amazing well we will be right back with what we're reading this week 
Okay, Anne, what are you reading this week? I am so stoked because I got a cookbook from the library that I've been waiting for for a long time. Oh, what is it? it it's called The Art of Escapism Cooking by Mandy Lee. Okay. And the subtitle is A Survival Story with Insanely Good Flavors. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So I found out about Mandy Lee because she is a contributor to Food 52. And she posted a Instagram reel, I guess. It was long. I guess I guess it would have to be a reel. Um, and she made this self-frying chicken. <laughs> and basically, she takes a whole chicken. She de- debones the entire thing while keeping it intact and then she dries it out over several hours and then starts it out in a cold pan and it cooks in its own fat and i was just like fascinated <laughs> by this this process i've watched it multiple times because the entire thing is is just bonkers to me and so that was cool enough but then a lot of the the commenters on the post kept talking about how she was too angry and that really annoyed me because when you watch it She's just very firm in her instructions, mm-hmm. and um, she she just is telling you what to do, but she doesn't soft about it, mm-hmm. and it was really stupid. And so I started looking for more stuff about her, and I found out that she has a food blog called Lady and Pups, and it turns out that this started as a coping mechanism after she moved from New York City to Beijing for her husband's job. Mm-hmm. And she's originally from Taiwan, and so she has some feelings about China. Mm-hmm. And so she basically hates living there. She hates its politics. She hates its environmental record. And so she just vents in what she calls an unapologetically angry food blog. Mm -hmm. So all of her recipes are sort of this maximalist style that's that's kind of popular right now. And so the the flavors are just very bold and very massive. And her recipes are are quite complicated and time consuming. Mm -hmm. Like like this chicken, you you have to start it. I think ideally the day before and just let it sit to to dry out so it's not something she doesn't do anything that you can throw together Mm -hmm, at all okay um so it's they're popular recipes and they're doable at home but it's it's more of a project right right um so i love it because it's just it's just unashamedly pissed off (laughs) and I think it's really funny. So her the first section of the book is recipes to get you out of bed because she she hates living in China so much and so she has she has to make things that make her excited right, to get up. wake up in right. the morning. And she just never shies away from expressing her take on on this situation. So I haven't I just got it this week and I haven't made anything from it yet, but I've really loved browsing it because she does her own photography and she she sort of employs this um chiaroscuro style where it's all very dark backgrounds Mm. and then the food is really beautifully lit in Mm. in the foreground and the tone just really excites me because i've never seen a cookbook like this before i've i've definitely seen other cooking saved me Mm -hmm, books but mm -hmm. not just from an angle of female rage and i am in love with that so this is the art of escapism uh cooking by mandy lee so it's a cookbook or it's like a memoir cookbook hybrid it's a it's a cookbook but she's she's just very open in it in ways that i don't typically think of with cookbooks i I usually think of them as having a a, telling a personal story but it's a little bit more upbeat i guess right and um this one definitely has a a, a, an angrier take interesting fascinating yeah uh i'll have to check out that blog that's interesting yeah, I I think she has an Instagram too. If, oh, I mean, okay. Yeah. She, she definitely does, but I have looked at her Food 52 stuff a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you could probably link. I'll, I'll definitely link to the chicken thing because you've got to watch it. Oh, it's so yeah, much I fun. watch it now. <laughs> All right. Well, mine is a, a plain old novel. I don't have such a, oh. an interesting background story. How dare you? I know, sorry. So um, I actually just finished this. This is The Verifiers by Jane Peck. And I have to give a little bit of background because I for the last several years, as everybody likely knows by now, I was receiving so many books for the um, committee that we got that I was sort of like preemptively mourning the loss of like boxes of books just showing up at my, <laughs> my house. And I uh, never ever get books as presents because people always think I read a lot and so they wouldn't ever know what to get me. So for Christmas, my lovely, lovely mother got me a book of the month subscription for the entire year. So for a year, I get to have a book show up at my house every month, which is so wonderful. So I picked this book, The Verifiers by Jane Peck. And you go based on, they send you a little email that says what the books are for for the month that you get to pick from. And they give a, a synopsis and some little details about the book and so I I was I'm pretty sure it had been on my to read list because it seemed it sounded familiar when I picked it but I was intrigued because it the premise is that it's about this woman Claudia who works at a company called Veracity which is basically like a detective agency that people who are online dating can use to see if the people they're dating are telling the truth or not and if you have ever (laughs) ever online dated you know that there would actually be a maybe this there a company like this exists i don't know but you would imagine there would actually be a market for this because so many people online are not who they say they are yeah Uh, or can i can i say a side thing of course I'm actually in a in a, a Facebook group that's all about outing men who say they are who are not who they say they are oh. in in Nashville uh, from from dating sites. Oh no way! <laughs> it's it's very entertaining. That is hilarious. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, so um, I actually feel kind of lucky that when I was online dating, I never had that experience of somebody's ending up not like at all who they said they were, but you definitely get Mm -hmm. the impression, you know, people are trying to put themselves in the best light kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. the premise of this was very interesting to me. When the book starts, Claudia has, uh, it's established right away that she had a job that was uh, like at a consulting firm or something that was a much more kind of mainstream job on the path to being like a very rich, successful person. And she quit (laughs) and instead went to this veracity place. So you get right... uh, an impression right off the bat that Claudia is kind of only wants to do her own thing. Like she's, she's not going to do what, uh, like the mainstream, uh, and especially her mother, <laughs> our, her Chinese <laughs> mother who like wants her to be ambitious and successful, like what her family is going to say to do. She's going to do her own thing. So I really liked Claudia as a main character. She was very interesting. But so when the, the book opens, she's just getting into this new job and she meets this new client whose name is Iris and wants them to verify the identity of somebody she has matched with on an online dating site, but she has not met yet, which is pretty unusual. Usually their clients are, they have met online, they've chatted, and then they've met in person. And suddenly they start questioning like, this person married and that's why they can't see me on the weekends or something like that. It's very unusual that somebody wants them to look into someone before even having met them. They, but they, you know, they take her job and they do it. And then a couple of weeks later, she ends up 
um, dying by suicide. And so Claudia immediately is like, I don't think so. Like something here is weird. Like the, the interactions we had with her were a little bit odd and then nothing would have indicated that she was unhappy. So anyway, so Claudia just feels like something's kind of off. And so she starts investigating. And there's a lot that I really, really, really liked about this book. Um, one of the things, though, and I was telling Anne this before we started recording, because I think Anne might like this book, is that Claudia loves a cozy mystery series. So everything <laughs> she does in this book as she's investigating, she refers back to this made-up cozy mystery series as being her guiding force of how to do whatever <laughs> she's about to do. So it's really fun. It's like a fun nod to mystery, the mystery genre. Um, there, it's a Claudia is really snarky and sarcastic. So there's a lot of humor that's very kind of dry in it, um, and I really like that. I thought the whole the mystery is really interesting. It takes some turns that I thought were. Uh, unexpected and and so I really liked it in fact I was wondering as I was reading if it was going to be the start of a series but I'm not quite sure how it could be although I would love mm. it if it were because I really enjoyed spending time with all the characters um, and I yeah I really enjoyed it. it was such a fun surprise to me I uh, I thought I would like it obviously I picked it kind of as my choice for the month um, but it really exceeded my expectations it felt something like something kind of fresh and new and interesting and so that is The Verifiers by Jane Peck I'm super stoked for that one yeah, that be, I'll amazing. be very curious to see what you think of it when you read it I think I'll love it I don't know now maybe I set the <laughs> expectation too high <laughs> I think it sort of benefited from me not knowing anything about it really maybe I don't yeah. know and it's interesting the other thing uh, I was also telling in this but I'm going to repeat it because I find it very interesting on Goodreads when I went to put it in there that I had read it there's a lot of four and five star reviews but then there are lots of one and two star reviews too so it definitely seems pretty polarizing that people either thought it was kind of slow and boring or people really love it and thought it was kind of quirky and interesting and fun so that's I like a book like that 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 yeah has people thinking uh, different things about it. I don't know. It's just a fun one. Yeah. All right. Let's go back and read off all the books we talked about today. Okay. I talked about How the Garcia Girls Lost Their Accents by Julia Alvarez, Salt to the Sea by Ruta Sepetis, The Chosen and the Beautiful by Nevo, and what I'm reading this week is The Art of Escapism Cooking by Mandy Lee. And I talked about Exit West by Mosin Hamid, The Other Americans by Leila Lalami. The Book of Unknown Americans by Christina Enriquez. What I was reading this week is The Verifiers by Jane Peck. All right, so if you would like to get in touch with us to give us feedback or a suggestion on a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at wellreadpodcast. Uh, please rate and review us. It really helps us on Apple Podcasts, particularly for people to help us to help people find the show. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com, although it's a little bit behind right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the show notes are there. Oh, okay. it's, oh the, it's our, it's our the spreadsheet. Archive. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Right. I'm behind on the spreadsheet. Oh, that just affects us. That's fine. Yeah, uh, right, yes. no, one, and, no one cares about ours. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening and happy reading.